0: You are listening to the Amen Corner, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. For more information about the Amen Corner, please follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and all your other favorite social media.
1: Welcome to, wait a minute, are we not doing episode numbers anymore? I don't know. (laughs) Our own really screwed us up. Yeah, hold on a second. Welcome to the unnamed episode of the MN Corner. He, I believe, is still Stephen Cook. I am. And he's Brad Rothschild, I'm pretty sure. That's right. So we're back after a week hiatus Was yep. it week with an e two e's or e a k yeah i know it's two e's yeah all right two so we're, we're back after a hiatus and we're a little bit um after our last conversation with our producer Duran. we're trying to refigure out, we're trying to figure out who we are and, and what we're doing i mean he threw some he threw some cold water on us I
0: episode think. like yeah. prep
1: wait <laughs> what what are we talking about? I mean, usually we just do this. Well, we do now prep. the
0: pressure is on.
1: We do prep though. Like let's not let's not pretend that all we're right. completely uh, unprepared for all of these episodes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Daron did put a little pressure on us. Though. I know. So well, we I don't got. know we don't have a name for this episode yet, but no. We'll call it the unnamed episode. The episode about nothing. <laughs> Wait a minute. I feel like that's I feel been like done that's before. feel like that has been done, right? Yeah. Yeah. so 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 you have a good week while we're on hiatus can i have a good week i don't even you know i've gotten to the stage of my life where i don't even remember what happened yesterday (laughs) it's like am i still alive yes i guess that's that's good good enough yeah that's a good start like i got out of bed nothing like was creaking nothing broke nothing fell off of me awesome all wins (laughs) Always. So, I mean, yeah, I think I had a pretty good, uh, it's good. Pretty good week. It's good. Man. Yeah. It's good. But it's been two weeks since we've started. Oh, right, it. that's right. Since yeah. I, since the Darone episode. Yeah, that was good though. I enjoyed having him as a guest. It was excellent. And and, I, and how'd I'm you like just the music? That. How'd yeah. how'd you like the music he added? Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I'm not just saying this because I know he's listening. <laughs> but yeah. since I do know he's listening, I texted him the other day to tell him yeah. that we would be uh recording this. Uh, not in our usual time. Right. And I said, oh, tomorrow, you know, Saturday is crazy, and uh, we just have too much going on, and we can't do it. And he wrote me back. Well, you know, he's given me a little bit of a hard time for not appearing very frequently at synagogue. Oh. So yesterday, I actually was in synagogue, Uh, and you know who wasn't there? uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. I was looking all over for him, and I'm like, I just wanted to sort of, like, get my face near his and be like, see, i was here.
0: it? Was it like late in the service? Like maybe no. he snuck out for a pepperoni slice. No, 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 no. First no. of all,
1: he's a kosher man. I know, I know. But <laughs> uh, still, second of maybe all, he snuck out. No, no, him. no. I, I was looking for him. And I was there for more than five minutes myself. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Now, now, embarrassingly enough, there was somebody in synagogue yesterday who was not a member of our synagogue, but he was there there was a uh, a family event that okay. was happening, and this is somebody who I know, okay. and I have um, provided some assistance to in a, with a documentary that he was working on. Okay. And I walk into the sanctuary. He smiles at me, shakes my hand, says hello, and I like kind of like smile and say hello, and kind of walk past him and sat down, and you know went about my business and okay. the service. And I was like, that guy obviously knows me, but... You had no idea who it was? It's not I had no idea. I'm like, oh, maybe he confused me for somebody else. <laughs> and then at the end of service, I went to the front and I was sort of hanging out in the front. And he comes over to me. And as soon as he came over to me, I immediately remembered who it was. <laughs> and we had a conversation. like He's like, you know, somebody who I'm in touch with, but right. I haven't seen since before the pandemic. Wow. So... I felt I, that's kind happened of, to me too. Like, I felt kind of badly. I, there's like
0: things or people that I'm like, oh, yeah. No, but what I knew
1: him. Like I'm, right. like I'm in touch with him. Right. And it was
0: like, f- oh, he was yeah. in that movie. No, no, no. Right, right, right He's right. somebody
1: who like we corresponded. I like right. gave him notes on his film a bunch and we would talk on the phone. But hey, what's really the mask
0: have... situation in the synagogue? It is optional. Uh-huh. So – because I was are, in a synagogue this week. Terrible story, but go ahead. There it's are offered.
1: people who wear them. Yeah. I would say a decent number because synagogue attendance, as you well know, skews a bit older. Right. Um, so there are people there who are immunocompromised. There are people right. there who are fearful of getting sick and potentially right. Uh, right. adding right. on to their to what they already have going on. Right. So there are a decent number of decent people. Decent number. It's not. It, it's not required. I mm-hmm. personally did not wear one. Right. Um, but I respect every, anybody's choice to wear a mask in synagogue.
0: I went to a memorial service at the Sixth and I Synagogue in D.C. Uh-huh. this week, and it was mostly. It was. It was. It was it, to celebrate the life of a guy named Blake Hounchel. Oh yeah. New York Journalist. Times. He wrote the he wrote a politics newsletter, a very popular politics newsletter. Wait, he was Jewish? No,
1: that's I mean, yeah, he was not.
0: But they decided to do it at Sixty Nine Synagogue because it's a beautiful space, uh-huh. um, and it's sort of an ecumenical space at this yeah. point. I mean, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous synagogue. Um, but he, before I knew Blake, before he was at the Times, he was um, he along with Susan Glasser from the New Yorker reinvented foreign policy. And that's when I, at the yeah. time that I started writing before I become a columnist, but started writing. And then it, I, he continued to publish me when he moved over and started Politico magazine. Anyway, tragic story, but he's
1: young. How old is he?
0: His forties. Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: that's fucking horrible,
0: horrible, horrible story. I mean, you know, he took his own life. It was
1: well, depression. Depression is, is an illness. Brutal.
0: Right. Anyway, so, this happened a couple of weeks ago. But anyway, my point is, we were at Six and I, I was there with some colleagues at Six and I Synagogue. And I was, there were very few people masked. Mm. And it was a fairly large, large group. Lauren and I were flying last weekend. The reason we were on hiatus is because we were out in Colorado. And I, I think this entire plane, we were like two or 10 people wearing masks. Yeah, but I'm yeah. like, I'm not getting sick. I'm not landing in Colorado for a ski weekend and then getting sick. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so
1: there, so fewer people in the service who are wearing masks.
0: Yeah. There were some, but it was, I imagine what you're describing, there were many more at your synagogue yeah. than were at this more. Yeah.
1: Service. But again, it's a synagogue service. Right. So, it's older and right. it's the upper west side. So, people are like conscientious by default, right. Almost. Right. Um, which is yeah. not to say that um, there aren't people who go to the synagogue who feel like there should, that nobody should be masked. Right. Right
0: yeah well i mean it, the thing is also it was like they were expecting this huge wave and there and we did get something down here about you know montgomery county hospitals being at 90 percent capacity
1: Dude, a lot of people got sick a in lot december of got
0: sick, but it was kind of quietly or there wasn't like the, the mad like press coverage of because it because they're
1: trying to downplay it now like they yeah. don't there are a lot of people who are still dying i mean look yeah, i'm not five hundred people dead yeah i'm not one of these people who are like we need to you know everybody needs to walk around with a mask we need to you know Lock everything up again. But it seems to me that we've, as a society, come to the point where it's just like, well, fuck it, man. People are going to die from this. I mean, it man, was it, a manageable number now. Right. Well, it was so, acceptable
0: when like 2,000 people were dying a day. People were saying, let's just let it go. I was, we, we, Maddie and I went to uh, an event with uh, Anthony Fauci um, a couple of weeks ago. You're hearing? He, he was saying that. Yeah, 500 people a day are dying in the United States from COVID. Mostly elderly, mostly unvaccinated. So between the elderly and the unvaccinated, we're getting 500 people a day.
1: Is it wasn't one of those crazy women who were? I was just thinking that. Yes. uh, What's what were their names? Denim and uh, Denim. Denim. No, no. Diamond and Silk. Diamond. Diamond Diamond died.
0: Diamond died, and she died of COVID. And she was unvaccinated, right?
1: Not only is she unvaccinated, she also felt that the whole thing was a hoax. Uh, so there's a certain uh, glorious irony. Poetic <laughs> I, justice, I guess. I, I guess. Of people who uh, believe that it's a hoax and then die from this and refuse to get vaccinated because of it. And that causes them to die.
0: Right. Well, but, there were those but none stories. None of these
1: people that- ever, like their families never say like, well, maybe they should have been vaccinated. Right.
0: Well, there were those stories during the height of the kind of Omicron surge where people were, you know, being treated in the hospital and saying, this is a hoax. This isn't, you know, what are
1: you doing to me, doctors and nurses? And then dying. And then dying. Quite the hill to die on, literally. Ridiculous. So, yes. uh,
0: Well, the the follow-on to that is an article I was reading yesterday. The state of Tennessee uh is refusing federal resources in the fight against AIDS because the CDC is part of this grant. Millions of dollars in grant. the grants that are going to Tennessee, provides it to organizations that do, I don't know whether it's gender
1: affirming care,
0: but deal with transgender issues. Great.
1: So they're now so they're now federal, so the state funds.
0: said you know it's a huge number it's m- tens of millions of dollars so Tennessee said to the CDC no thanks and we're going to focus our efforts on you know like women and children which are all good things but there's, it's raising the fear that what's going to happen is the state's going to start giving grants to the HIV AIDS equivalent of crisis of pre- crisis pregnancy centers which yeah. are actually healthcare there is precedent for this, however. Governor Rick Scott, now Senator uh, Scott, Rick Scott of Florida, when he was the governor, refused CDC money to fight AIDS. And guess what happened in Florida when that money dried up? Because uh, it's for testing and condoms and things like that. Guess number, what happened in Florida?
1: Number of people with, with AIDS. AIDS. <laughs> yeah. I mean,. So this like, is criminal. That's the, that's it's that's it's criminal how they just don't care about their constituents. They yeah. don't. I mean, there was something that Sarah Huckabee Sanders said about how now that she's governor of um, Arkansas, right, that you know she wants the federal government away from them. It's like Arkansas receives more money from the federal government than it gives.
0: Yeah. Okay. Like, can, we, can we give it to someplace else that actually I,
1: wants it? I, I mean, mean, I feel like that would be the right thing to do. If you don't want the federal government involvement, then stop taking the federal government's money. Right. Right.
0: You know, the first thing she did as governor was outlaw critical race theory. Because yeah, that's, that's the most pressing issue facing exactly, Arkansas. Exactly. One of the most rural states with the lowest levels of like...
1: Education, healthcare
0: outcomes, (laughs) education, a variety of other things.
1: Right. Let's attack. Let's tackle the real problem here. (laughs) Critical race theory. It's just, it's It's insane. It's It's insane. It's totally bizarre. Well, I I mean, this is, we're seeing this all over the place that Republicans are waging the culture wars because they have no real policies to help people. So they're just distracting them with this nonsense. So now that they're talking about cutting social security and, Medicaid, right. you know, they're going to ratchet up the, the talk about trans and about LGBTQ right. and right. about all the perceived enemies of, you know, regular Americans. I guess <laughs> real we'd be Americans. Perceived, we would be perceived as enemies of real Americans. Dude. We would. I know. I got to go to Florida. I'm sorry. I'm going to Florida and I got to go to Georgia.
0: I got to go to Tallahassee in April to give a talk. And I knew you. I told you about this. Yeah. And I, you know, I was asked a couple months ago to come and give a talk at FSU, and I reflexively agreed. Like, yeah, cool. You know, a talk, and and there was an honorarium, which sweetened the pot. <laughs> so like like money. No, it's not huge. It's not huge. It's not big life changing yeah, money. But like, so. you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing: going to <laughs> places and speaking and what whatever. And so then, in the subsequent months, like all these things. Have been happening in Florida. You know, the Florida State Department, State Board of Education has said that they won't accept an AP course in African American history because it has right. no educational value. Uh, the governor appointed that guy Rufo. What's his name? Mark Rufo, the guy from the Manhattan Institute, who's the one who's basically know, responsible for all the anti-CRT hysteria in the country. And a number of people like him to a board of the new college of Florida, which is another state supported institution. Then there, you know, there's the anti that don't say gay and all this stuff. So I
1: emailed my host
0: and I said, you know, do you have like with everything that's going on in Florida, FSU is a state supported institution. Do is, are there guidelines for guests? Are there things that I can't say uh, 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 on the flip side? Are there protections for me? Like, if I'm going to talk about U.S. Middle East policy, I talk about polarization of the. You know, there's domestic determinants of this too. This might make people feel uncomfortable, <laughs> and everything the Florida legislature has done is trying to make people feel comfortable. Right. You know what? What might happen? My host wrote back and said, "You know, be be
1: assured you'll be in a in a in, in a, a safe space."
0: Room. Yeah, but like, I don't know if that's the case. It's
1: I'm true. telling you, you know, you sent me this uh, email exchange, and I said. You know, this is something we're going to see more. I told Lauren, I'm going to. Frequency.
0: I'm actually going to change my talk. I'm going to do like I'm going to do a talk about Web Dubois and foreign policy. See how that sits with people.
1: I think I think you should change it to is wokeness is is wokeness impacting U.S. Middle East policy, and then Ron DeSantis will love you. (laughs)
0: Okay.
1: I mean, th- think about it. We've always talked about how we're on the wrong side of this from a monetary. I know perspective. we totally,
0: we totally should grift this, <laughs> right?
1: So I think if you can cozy up to Ron DeSantis with your anti-woke campaign Look in the about Middle all East, all the
0: money people are making, grifting on this nonsense,
1: dude. Speaking of all the money people are making, grifting the George Santos thing is getting weirder, weirder, and because weirder. because there are then nobody can figure out where. All the money is coming from and who donated it to his campaign. He has
0: there's the list of donors
1: in their contact. But they don't donors. exist, They're like sorry, I didn't donate. Yeah, they don't exist. Like they somebody don't exist. is laundering money through his campaign. Uh,
0: clearly, so there is this connection to the cousin of a yeah, some oligarch. So a Russian yeah. oligarch.
1: Yeah. It's very interesting. And then all or his expenses.
0: Be, or it could be, you know, look. He's connected to all these kind of weird things in Florida, some dark money thing.
1: Who and knows? All of his expenses are one hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents, which is one cent under the, the right like, where, you have, what, where you have to report. Right. And, I mean, this guy, and then he got up this week to talk about Holocaust Memorial Day in Congress because it's because uh, interna- Friday was the International uh, right. uh, Holocaust Memorial day, which is not to be confused with Yom Hashoah, which is in the spring. Uh, And he had the nerve to get up and talk about Holocaust memory.
0: Beyond crazy.
1: It's it's just like we're through the looking glass. Like he has no shame. Like none. The Washington
0: Post (laughs) interviewed these people who, when he was uh, representing that Ponzi scheme in Florida... He would bring them to that restaurant, which the, it's that restaurant Il Baco, in Queens that has all the one hundred ninety nine dollars ninety nine cent charges. Uh-huh. He would bring them there and make this pitch. You know, people who had gotten into a car accident and gotten huge settlements and make this pitch to them to invest. You know, <laughs> and they didn't know it was a Ponzi scheme, but there were these descriptions of it. And there were
1: and one guy's like it was like Goodfellas. <laughs> this guy is the king of the grifters. It's. Incredible. Drifted his way into Congress. He won. He well, won there was his election that movie with Eddie Murphy. Yes, yes. The um, something gentleman, the distinguished gentleman, distinguished gentleman. This right. is what this is. Except Eddie Murphy did it in too- the film. Yeah. Just realized that right. he was there to to protect the interests of the Irish right, right, right. Okay. 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 But yes, he remember he, well, I mean, he assumed know, the identity to the writers
0: to take license with reality. Members of Congress, not necessarily not many of them not there to to look after the, the common good.
1: That movie's like 30 years
0: old I at know. this point. That's crazy. It's crazy, right? Crazy that I even remembered it. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: He assumed, for those who don't remember, he assumed the identity. He had the same name, same name. As, as a dead as a politician, a congressperson who died. died. So and- he ran With that, with his own name name recognition, people thought that it was the dead guy. Um, Great premise.
0: There was something else about, oh, no, no, no. The other thing, the other huge news was the FBI (laughs) counterintelligence, New York counterintelligence guy, this guy McGonagall, was was in the pay of foreign actors while he was with the FBI and then went to work for Oleg
1: Deripeshka. Who's like Putin's oligarch. So he was in the New York office of the FBI. Yes. He was the one who was at the head of the investigation. So Um, let me just say uh,
0: that during the 2016 cycle, our friend Rich, who used Uh to be a prosecutor in the state of New Jersey, said to me that the, New York FBI field office is a hotbed of anti-Clinton yeah. activity. Yeah. Now he had left New Jersey State prosecutors up, but he still had like you know connections with people and stuff right. like that. So he had he
1: had insight. He, he knew,
0: he, I, I'm not sure he understood that the head of FBI counterintelligence
1: was basically a Russian a double agent, agent, a Russian agent who essentially put Donald Trump into the White House. Because yeah. it, there is a very good argument to be made that if uh, Comey hadn't announced that they were investigating Hillary Clinton's emails about a week before the election, then she wouldn't have lost. Right. And there so, is an argument to be made so now. For
0: that. Com- now, the the I read Timothy Snyder's uh-huh.
1: piece on this. Yeah. What he
0: is suggesting is that Comey did this because there were going to be all these leaks
1: from the FBI. from the New York office, right,
0: yeah. and it was going to look bad for him. That was the implication. Yes.
1: So. So they helped install right. a Russian asset right. into the White House. When I read that, when,
0: when that story broke, and then I read the Timothy Snyder piece, and then I read the piece in Business Insider about his girlfriend.
1: Who is. His, who, his, McGonagall's girlfriend?
0: McGonagall's girlfriend, who is not some left wing. She's like a, whatever Giuliani says is true about the 2020 election, it was stolen from Trump. Right. I mean, she's not some liberal. Um, I, I just kept hearing in Rich saying to me, "Yeah, the FBI office is a hotbed of
1: anti-Clinton
0: activity. I was like, oh my God, it makes all the sense in the world now.
1: Yeah. I I think like, uh, Snyder said some or tweeted something the other day where he said, we're closer to the beginning of this than the end in terms of finding out. What, what exactly really was happened. going on? Yeah. so I feel like this story is going to get bigger and bigger. Right in the in the coming weeks and months, and, right. And then, but of course, you have
0: a Republican leadership, Kevin McCarthy, all these people who just they want look. Trump remains in polling the re, Republican frontrunner. The pers- yeah. he gets over fifty percent. The person closest to him is Ron DeSantis. So all these people are like going to continue to duck and cover because. The the Trump voters, which is more than half the Republican Party, don't give a shit. Yeah, they like Putin.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. He's saving civilization civilization from 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 liberals. He's saving white civilization. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking man. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's kind it's kind of mind boggling. But didn't um, didn't the Republicans just set up a uh, commission? in Congress to, uh, to investigate, investigate the, the weaponization, the weaponization of, the of, uh, of the government. So shouldn't they be investigating this? Yeah, or are, they come too on, busy? Man. are they too busy looking for Hunter Biden's laptop? They're too busy looking for Hunter Biden's laptop. <laughs> yeah, I'm I glad mean, that they're serious about governing. Because <laughs> that's really what is impacting average Americans
0: the most. You know, the Biden crime family. Absolutely. <laughs> definitely. Every, definitely.
1: Every accusation is a confession. It's a
0: confession. That's Every exactly single right. one. That's exactly
1: right. Every single one of them. So, yeah. I mean, although I will say
0: being out of Washington and being out of this environment was really – even though I was reading all this stuff in, in the newspaper uh, when we were away for the brief period we were away, I, I just I, – I, the, the distance actually made it feel better. Now I'm back. I feel so suffocated by all this. Because well, that's why Steve, you go away. Yeah, well, but you see how bad, how bad it is. I, I mean, like, yeah the the head of counterintelligence in the New York FBI field office
1: was a, a Russian, Russian agent. agent. That's cool. I mean, and we haven't even talked about like going to get up and go to work today
0: tomorrow. I mean, like, I don't fucking know.
1: We ha- we haven't even talked about like the erosion of. Israel's democracy. We haven't talked about the police execution of an unarmed black motorist in Memphis. Like, there's so many other fucking horrible things out there. I
0: can't, I can't watch. I can't watch that video.
1: Did you I watch watched that video
0: of, of Paul Pelosi?
1: Oh, I didn't. Oh that my one, god, that one I didn't see. right
0: And then you think all. Then you think about all these people who like laughed about it. Oh yeah,
1: but they're not apologizing. They like
0: Saying that it was a was he the one who started that it was a it was a lovers
1: quarrel or something? Well, he he amplified it by right. saying like, oh, there are important questions that are being asked. Oh my like, god, no, there this aren't. Is
0: so frightening. These guys open the door. Paul Pelosi is mouthing to the police, "Help me!" Yeah. The police see the hammer and say, "Put the hammer down." And the guy just wails on with the hammer on Paul Pelosi. Yeah, head.
1: he doesn't get shot. Right. <laughs>
0: Or beaten to death.
1: <laughs> or or anything. Like, how about just shoot him in the arm so he can't swing the hammer? Well, the cops were surprised.
0: Like, they they were like, what's going on here? Like, they opened the door. It, it, it t- you could see how it could take a, a good long 10, 15 seconds to sort of figure out what was happening. Mm. Um, you have to see the video, it is so So unbelievably surprised
1: So they didn't act, but on the other hand, because what happened was, I'm gonna give give the two cops, this guy to death, Francisco cops,
0: yeah, all right, a little bit, okay, of of benefit. Okay, the door opens, yeah, and Pelosi and the guy are just standing there. There's no, there's no apparent scuffle, there's (laughs) no blood, there's no nothing. The guy is in the middle of the night, and you can see Pelosi is mouthing something. Yeah, yeah, help me. And then, and, but it's calm. And then the cops spot that the fact that there's a hammer there. As soon as they do that, they scream, drop the hammer. Okay. And that's when the guy starts so, wailing
1: on Pelosi. Yeah, but they don't, how do they disarm and him? It is. Ch- say-
0: you hear one of them say, holy shit. And they <laughs> rush through the door. Okay. And they ta- Pelosi's okay. now down, and you yeah, can hear yeah. him moaning, and they tackle the guy. And they they put them in cuffs.
1: So we're saying it wasn't a lover's (laughs) quarrel? Because that can't be unheard now. Right? The damage has been done. Right. And there are enough people who are not going to watch that video and who are not going to even believe that video who are just predisposed to believing that it was a lover's quarrel because that's what all of their media heroes have told them.
0: Right. All their media heroes who are themselves clearly (laughs) – Uncomfortable with their own sexuality—that's what they're focusing on.
1: I mean, how many Republican leaders, whether they're state or national, um have been credibly accused? Of, I like, can't remember
0: who it, was, but it yeah. was. I can't remember who it was, but it was someone who had been in Washington for a really, really long yeah, time. Yeah, I know where you're going. And I remember her saying, "Yeah, if it's if it's if it's a young woman,
1: no, it's if it's a Democrat,
0: Dem- right." If it's a young man, it's definitely a Republican.
1: Right. Because every right e- every accusation is a confession. Right? Every single one. So who is actually grooming people? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess Roy Moore
0: is the exception to that, but he was a pedophile.
1: <laughs> How is he the exception in the sense that he's a he, woman? It was a young woman. It was a girl. She was 14. <laughs> okay. I don't think it's an iron law. Of no, well, but what this
0: woman was saying, I remember she had yeah. been around Washington for a really long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no. I, yes, said it in makes general, sense. Yeah,
1: it makes sense. Right. But uh, the underage thing seems to be uh, the, Republican, the Republican's wheelhouse. And then there was something last week about Matt Gates and one of his uh, – interns or one of his staffers that they were having an inappropriate relationship I
0: know. and then of course there's the you know match lap abu- abusing one of uh, Herschel Walker's staffers
1: yes i mean sexually harassing Sex him. sexually harassing yeah. him yeah, yeah. crazy but all these stories, like, again, it's, you know. There's nothing surprising about that. But they, really they, flood the zone. they flood the zone with shit. Yeah. It's all overwhelming. We can't even focus on, like, what the biggest issues are because there are too many. Yeah. So everybody just throws up their hands in despair and says, I'm not paying attention anymore, right. which is exactly what they want. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, but again, like going back to the theme of this episode, which is what is the theme of this episode? I don't know. I was you just know,
0: thinking the same thing. Like what are we going to call it? Cuz we're not we're not but, doing but, but season, seven you
1: know, As episode. as, as, as pointed out, like, you know, a lot of our shtick sounds similar and he could have replaced any week's episode with a different one and it would have been the same thing. So, let's let's try in this un, in the episode about we don't know. Uh, to sort of give something that we haven't given in the past. Well,
0: I think what we should do is we should think about that for our next episode. But like, I think that the, I think that the counter argument, the pushback to, to Daron is this, is that I think a lot of people are, are struggling with this kind of welter of chaotic news and trying to make sense of it. And that's what this conversation is about.
1: Well, is, we said that to him right in person, but I mean, if you think back to like, what we are which is the conscience of the nation right right like this is how we have to help people sort of make their way through these thorny exactly. issue and confusing issues exactly we're we're a, a beacon of clarity and hope I, I hope i mean i hope so yeah anyway all right so all right, i gotta
0: go get a train all right living out of a bag
1: yeah, life sucks. is hard man it's very hard <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Right. So that wraps it for this week. This episode about who we are everything and what we are, and everything and nothing. <laughs> everything we'll everything and nothing. Everything, we'll just call it everything and nothing. Eddie, everything and nothing episode. Got it. Like every other episode. All right. Exactly. All right. All right we're on. out of here. See you. Bye.